Australian Save of EB Games, Mick speaking. Hi Mick, uh, I'm just looking to pre-order a copy of Metroid Prime 4. Oh yep, yep, just look, I'll, uh, let me look it up in the system. Uh, oh, alright. Uh, according to, according to this, mate, it's been delayed for at least a few years. Uh, Retro Studios is actually taking over the development of the game. Would you still like a pre-order, or...? I guess. You guess? Uh, all right, I'll put you down for that, mate. Uh, would you like some uh, scratch protection on that game card? Uh, extra five dollars. Why would I need scratch protection for a game card? Uh, you know, well, you know, you might scratch the game card, mate. So just uh, five bucks. Do you, you want to take it or do you want to leave it? I guess. I guess I'll take it. And also, what about uh, uh, moisture protection? Moisture protection? What's that? Uh, so that's if you lick the game card because, you know, silly buggers like tasting the game cards because they taste like acid, right? Um, so you get, you get uh, moisture in the game card and that sort of uh, can wreck the game. So do you want that? That's $10 for that one. What the, fu- what, the, what the fuck are people licking their game cards? I just said it tastes like acid. Yeah, but why? Why? Well, a lot of kids are taking them to fi- the bloody uh, music festivals and licking game cards. It gets them high, right? So you've got to protect your, your uh, breath of the wild from bloody kids taking your games to bloody music festivals and getting high, that's why. So you're basically just offering drug recoding for $10? Yes. That's illegal. I know. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the House of Mario, the award-winning Nintendo podcast, a part of the 8-Bit Collective. And the doors to episode 79 are open. I'm your host, Drew Agnew, and joining me as always is my buddy Bryce DeWitt. As always. As always. How we going, man? I'm okay. You alright? Oh, that's alright. Yeah. Now, a big show this week. Um, we're going to be talking about the Metroid Prime delay, the uh, indie direct, or wasn't direct, indie highlight. And uh, yeah, but to start off, Bryce, you've been playing some Fire Emblem. You finished it. Uh, I finished Awakening. Well done. Yep. No, I finished the whole series in the last week. <laughs> yeah. Oh, nice. Uh, yeah, uh, it was a really hard journey, but I made it. Uh, just every game. <laughs> no. Um, you liar. <laughs> I, uh, yeah, no, I finished Awakening, which, um, you know, that was my first sort of Nintendo goal for the year. I started For the that. year? Oh, you're already done. You can pack your bags, go home. Well, I said first at Nintendo goal oh, okay, of the year. Okay, sorry. Yeah. Apologies. Um, <laughs> I uh, so I finished that. Uh, when did I start it? Probably, probably uh, just before the tenth, I think, of January. Yeah. And I've just been, you know, sort of smashing it out. I'm not like doing, not doing anything over the top. Not doing lunatic or anything like that. Apparently, Awakening has one of the hardest lunatics. So I was like, no, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna subject myself to that torture because that that requires like a lot of planning to beat, and mm. I might as well just. Play it, play it for the story because I've still got three, well, technically one Fire Emblem game, but it's three versions of it with different different story. So, and that being Fates, uh, so I pushed myself through Awakening and just sort of did that, and you know, married as many characters as I can and got there all all the supports conversations that I could have wanted and mm-hmm. all that stuff, and that was good. Yeah, I mean, I was supposed to finish that game years ago. Years and years and years ago, but I never did. Mm. Um, I'm the same boat. It's on my list. Still, <laughs> yeah. It, well, I'm not a strategy. I'm not a strategy person. But as I as I've sort of you know given it a couple years, I'm more interested in Fire Emblem as the series sort of continues on. And now that we got three houses coming out, and I'm super excited for that. So yeah, I think it took me about two weeks just sort of casual play on and off. It was sort of the it was it was a great thing to sort of just go to bed, play thirty minutes, and you know put down. The only problem the only problems I had with it were getting near the end because a lot of my party was sort of I, I did it wrong. I did Fire Emblem wrong. I should have like <laughs> I should have I should have leveled my characters up, second sealed them, got stuff from other classes like abilities from other classes and stuff, then carried them over. Oh, right, yeah. I did a couple of I did a couple of correct things like I married. Robin to Tharja, uh, which gave me both Vengeance and Ignis on their daughter, Noir. And so she was a powerhouse bow user. She was, like, ridiculous. Every time you used her, she'd have an ability go off mm. and she'd do a shit ton of damage. Um, I think her highest uh, her highest attack ended up being, like, uh, 130 damage, which is, like, way above anything's yeah, cap in the that's game. that's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> like... So somehow I just made like this perfect noir. I don't know how the hell I did that. Um, their second, their second child, Morgan, was also like fantastic as well. She, I made her a dark knight. 
I feel like it's pretty hard to know who to match up sort of the first time you run through it as well. <coughs> like, well, is it one of the... Can you can you really tell in the game? I can't remember because it's been years since I actually played it. But. There's, there's not like... I mean, there is there is things where you kind of just like, oh, you know what would be really good on this character, this ability sort of thing. And then you kind of make up your matchups around that. But honestly, you kind of just... You should just kind of marry who you want to whatever. Yeah. Like, it was, it was by pure luck that I like got such a strong noir out of um out of uh, Robin and Thadja. Mm, yeah. But like I married it, and the other thing is is you get interesting conversations if you match up certain characters too. Like I went for the hard matchup for Crom, which was Olivia, and the reason that's the hard matchup is because you only get Olivia for one battle before Crom has to marry and as soon as that battle's finished, you he's got, married. You, you got to pop the question well he yeah he's married <laughs> you well technically you don't have to pop the question it's just it's just like olivia's there and she marries crom if you've got if she's your highest support conversation so, okay yeah so i went for the hard marriage and put paired them up in the last battle and made them battle as much as i can they got married and that is that the best stats you can get if that's the hard one or i don't think so actually okay. yeah. i actually think she i think i think he's better off with his cannon pairing which is sumia but I, th- the reason I did that was because I, ca- I was kind of just like, I'm just kind of interested to see what happens here. And like, obviously you get, you know, you, you general Lucina and yeah. stuff like I that. I can't remember her name, but I remember Micron married what, the Lancer with short hair. Do you remember her oh, name? Oh, uh, Sully. Yeah, she married, he married, married Sully. I'm like, oh, God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what that uh, because, turns out like. But. Well, I'm not too sure, actually. Yeah, I'm, not sure, I'm not sure Sully has any particular children. So I'm not too sure. Hmm. But um, I I paired I paired um Crom up with Olivia, which gave me you know Lucina, and I also got Inigo as a child, which feels like it should be canon anyway because of the way Inigo is, because Inigo is Olivia's predetermined child, and he looks so much like Crom, like in every aspect, except he's like this philanthropist, he's like all about the ladies and shit like that. Yep. <laughs> um and like I met with the, I met with him and uh like trying to get him and stuff like that and he's uh you know he he kind of just feels like he's meant to be Crom's son yeah in a way so yeah I I did I did that I can't remember who else I married actually but what was most interesting to me as I went further on I got Tiki which is a part is is someone from Mars Party I, I think she's been in multiple Fire Emblems at this point but I didn't realize that Tiki was in this game as a character so. That was cool. Then, sort of just leading up to it, a lot of a lot of the story stuff was alright, but it, it kind of made, like, near the end, there's kind of a turn that kind of comes out of nowhere. Mm. Were, you, were you happy with the story in the end? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, We're I thought it was good. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, I reckon so. It's, it's kind of like, it's not the best narrative in the world, but I think, like, if you compare, if you put the support conversations together with the story mm. like you get more of a you know a reason to keep fighting for these characters yeah, yeah i remember back in the day like seeing the, the cutscenes sort of like blew us away back back then like yeah i remember going to that more anime art style rather than well, we didn't really have an art style before like like as far as cutscenes go like it was sort of just a I guess you had a radiant dawn on the gamecube but like they get like obviously the game boy advance titles never had a <laughs> cutscenes or anything like that no they they had the support conversation mm. stuff but yeah yeah it just sort of shows like they really went out with this fire emblem because it was do, do or die for the series well yeah yeah and then it went bunter and now we're here <laughs> you know we're here where it's like they made a they yeah. made a pokemon pokemon version-esque mm. fire emblem and then they made shadows of valentia which you know people aren't very happy happy with uh but now that we've got three houses coming out i'm really keen to like get right into three houses but i started fates i'm not i'm i'm trying my hardest not to put too much time into conquest and birthright i feel like i feel like that was kind of a poor design uh, design decision to a degree yeah it's pretty frustrating well it's not like a pokemon game where you get the same sort of outcome with every game you have to play all of them to get the whole thing. More to the point, you got to buy all of them. Well, yeah, yeah. Oh well, there is <laughs> they a, they did the special edition, yeah, which has the combined, yeah, which is good. But like the issue for me with it is just like you know you got at the moment I'm playing Birthright, mm. which I'll do through first. Sorry, excuse but, me. Birthright's like the I guess easier version, the more friendly version. I think so. I think they. That's what I heard. I heard start with that, so that's what I'm doing. 
Yeah. Yeah. So, um, going with Birthright, I'm going through that. And then, but then you, but then you got to do Conquest if you want Nor's side of the story. Mm, yeah. And that's kind of like, okay, but pain in the bum. Well, it's an interesting idea how you can sort of have. It is. But, but the perspective of each side. It's, it's just like, yeah, but if you want that perspective yeah. of each side, if it, you know, you got to play through what is essentially the same game over again, just with different characters. Yeah. And then, is it Liberation? Uh, Liberation's the third one. I actually can't remember. I think I think that's the title of the third one. It, it, it escapes me, but yeah. that is like the sort of definitive thing where you can get like a majority of the cast rather than just, you know, a high, like one of each side. You can sort of recruit, you know, most of it one thing because Corrin goes off and... It's just like, I'm not joining either side. Hell's yeah. Hell yeah, I'm going to be my ma- own maverick. And then, you know, <laughs> But you always get... There's always like a select few characters that you always get no matter what and sort of stuff like that. The, the There is like improvements in Fates which are like far more impressive than what Awakening was doing. Like with the map and stuff like that. It's more, you know, if, if, a, if you're zooming into a battle it doesn't just come to like a, a meh-ish plane or whatever or just to like a generic background but it actually comes to where you are on the battlefield and stuff like that. Like Fates does a lot of things. Mm. better than what awakening did but i think the i think the thing that grips me more about awakening is that it's just one story and i don't have to worry about playing three separate games to get the whole pizzazz yeah but yeah um so i guess that's my journey for now <laughs> uh yeah i'm playing through fates and then i think i'll take a break from fire emblem for a little bit and play some metroid and yeah go from there yeah, sounds good. Like, what what Metroid games you want to jump to? I need to finish the Prime series. That's probably what I'll do. Yeah, I'll go back and finish Super Metroid and stuff one day. But um, yeah. What are you gonna What are you gonna play it on? You gonna do the GameCube version or the uh, updated Wii version with the motion controls? Um, probably just the GameCube version. Mm. I Actually, reckon. yeah. Like when I think about it, I think uh, that the GameCube version just stick controls would be better. But a lot of people live and die by the Wii version. But the Wii version's really good. Yeah. Of, of like all those games that's really good mm. uh, motion controls for for Metroid work really yeah. really well because it's not like Call of Duty where you've got to like really have precise aim you've got to like do 360s and that Metroid's a bit more slower a bit more scanning mm. things and I think the motion controls work pretty well for that it adds a little yeah. more um, adds a little more flavour to it as well and mm. diversity which is great it means you're going to be you know, you can't be like shaky handed and like. Whoa. Yeah. Well, as far as, as far as the Wiimote goes, the pointer controls are spot on. They're awesome. Yeah. They're, it's yeah. just the problem with the Wiimote is just when they're like, oh, just shake it, just, <laughs> just shake it to do an A button. That's when it becomes an issue. Yeah. 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 It's a pain in the bum. But mm. like, yeah, I don't know. Um, my time with corruption was great. You know, I, I enjoyed the motion controls on that, but I kind of want to just play them in their raw form. They probably did it a bit far with the motion controls and corruption. How you go like unlock the doors and. Yeah. Stuff like that. Oh, yeah, yeah, but like the general... Yeah, it's not that bad, yeah. The but, general logistics of the gameplay were fine. Yeah. You know, that was, you know, I, th- I thought that motion controls for that game were pretty pretty alright for the most part. Yeah. So, I, I think it'll just come down to me wanting to play those games in their rawest form and mm. go from there. Yep. Unless I pick up Trilogy Collection on the Wii U eShop, which I guess is a thing, but... I'm not even sure where my Wii mode is right now. Oh, right. I'm not even sure where my sensor bar is right now. That's how much I use the Wii on the Wii U. Yeah, not a lot. I've got my I've got my gold uh, Scarlet Sword Wii mode around here somewhere. Yeah, mine's so, mine's hanging around somewhere, but I don't know. I don't know whether it's whether it's in working condition or you know because if I've left batteries in there, then it's probably stuffed forever. Mm. That's the thing, isn't Should it? Should they say you have? <laughs> well, that's the thing, isn't yeah. it? Because battery leaks, they they just ruin things. Mm. Yeah. Well, we'll be talking about Metroid Prime a bit later in the show. Yep. Uh, um, I've been playing a game on Switch which just came out in the eShop recently called Future Grind. Uh, I thought it looked pretty interesting, so I reached out to developers for a code. And it, it's really it's really uh, grabbed me. It's really like an addictive game. It's like a 2D sort of... Sort of hard to explain, but you've got like a... Like you grind on rails and you sort of... Think of it like Trials. Yeah, sort of... I guess like Trials. A bit more like um, Ollie Ollie, if you played that. The skateboard game on, yeah. on PlayStation. It reminds me of that. So you're like, you know, grinding on rails for tricks. But it's not a skateboard. It's like a you're in a, you're in a machine that's got two wheels. And you've got to match the wheels to the colour of the rail. Yeah. And uh, it, it, like each level, it says, you know, complete the level. So you complete the level. Then you've got like two objectives. So it might be... 
don't touch the white rails or do five grinds or you know stuff like that and i found myself just just playing it while watching something on tv you know because you know if you're going to play something like zelda or maybe not zelda but something a bit more story-based you can't sort of have the tv on in the background and you're like focused on that this has just been my game where I'm like, oh, I'm watching YouTube and I'll like, oh, pick up the Switch and I'll do some do some challenges. I'm about 65% through the game according to the little thing on the side. Right. So, I mean, it's a pretty simple game so I don't have to go too much into it but I would recommend it if you're into something that's a... But yeah. how much is it on the eShop? I think it's about $20. Right. I think. So, yeah. it's, it's, it's not like, you know, super cheap game. No, yeah. But, but like, if you're just looking for just looking for a time buster. Yeah, yeah, it's good for that. Yeah. What else? I've been playing the 3DS as well. Uh, I've got my 3DS, and I'm, so I started um, Earthbound. Yep. It was, like, 1 o'clock in the morning. I'm like, uh, I'll just start it, you know, I'll name my characters and all that. And it was like, you can call your party whatever you want. I'm like, all right, I want the party with their actual proper name. So I've got, there's, like, obviously I know Ness, I know Pooh. I'm like, what the hell is the dog's name? <laughs> like so I'm, I'm in Google going what's the dog's name in Earthbound it's King okay and like I name the characters all the proper names and I do like a little bit at the start I think I got like my first battle and it was 2 o'clock in the morning by that point alright time for bed mm-hmm. I haven't touched it since but a 3DS oh, not 3DS game a Game Boy game I've been playing on there has been Warrior, Warrior Land oh god Warrior, <laughs> I'm Warrior Land jeez because I played through the um Mario Land games I'm like I never actually played I never actually played Warrior Land so I'm, I'm playing that, and that's uh, it's interesting. <laughs> Going back to an old Game Boy game, yeah, stomping on enemies. That there, there was, I was getting through it really easy. Even there was a level with um a fromp, and he's like following you, and you've got to like rush ahead so he doesn't catch up to you. And that level's just like so painful because <laughs> you like you've got to have uh, like your power up so you can charge the blocks. And I got to this section where it knocked me, and I didn't have my power up. And when I went to a smash the blocks I couldn't because I was small and in front small the front just come and kill me I'm like god damn it why <laughs> <laughs> I died that many times that level but yeah so I'm on world 2 of Wireland so I'm nice. just chipping through that because why not <laughs> yeah uh, it was mainly because the, the gaming historian on YouTube he did a video on uh, Wario oh not Wario um, Mario Land the games yeah. and I was thinking back I'm like yeah I really love those games I didn't play them until they are on the uh, virtual console on 3DS back when it came out but yeah I never touched Wario Land so so what what was the second was the second one a Game Boy game or was that on I know the third one's on Game Boy Advance. What was the second one on? I guess it was on GBC. Yeah, I assume it just came out a couple of years later. Yeah. Then went to Game Boy Advance, yeah. I can't ever remember playing Wario Land 2. Yeah. Because I, I can picture the first one in my head, obviously I just played it, and the third one. But yeah. Mm-hmm. I think I'll play I'll play through the Wario Land series. Yeah. But I'm, when are you playing Shake Dimension? Damn. I'll, I'll, <laughs> I I wanna play I do want to play that eventually. Yeah. Yeah. Like, it looks good. Like it's Shake Dimension, it sort of looks like the Mario game we've always wanted, like a nicely animated 2D platformer. Yeah, yeah. Because like, you, compare, you compare the animation to Wario Land, which is just like, obviously, a Wario game. It doesn't have the sales a Mario platform is going to have. But it just looks so much cooler. Yeah, hmm. it does. Yeah, I'm on a real retro kick at the moment. I'm sort of like, I don't really care about many new games coming out. I'm sort of just like, I really want to play all these old games on Super Nintendo and Game Boy and... I mean, the, arguably the most important game this year comes out in two days, but you're not interested because you haven't played through that series. So. You're talking about Kingdom Hearts? Yep. Yeah. Arguably the most important game this year. You reckon? Well, how long is... It, it skipped a whole console generation. A whole console generation and nearly another whole console generation before we're finally getting it. Yeah. And... It's for, import, important to Kingdom Hearts fans. I don't know if it's important for the industry. and I... Whoa. Whoa. I don't know about that, mate. <laughs> Kingdom Hearts is pretty big. You, you got the combination of a Square Enix RPG and Disney. Disney's one of the most important properties in the world. Okay, it is. <laughs> I know. So, uh, I, I know what Disney is. So yes. it's it's just sort of yeah. It, it's sort of it is. It's very important. It's not like it's not like a small thing to gaff at. It's going to be very very big it's the end of a series that's been going on for well over nearly two decades nearly two decades and all we've gotten between mainline games is spin-offs on like all this all these other platforms to play a full kingdom hearts run now you have to pretty much own the hd collections or own every game on every other platform go back to your playstation 2 your playstation 2 your gba your mobile your old samsung mobile (laughs) phone but that's just that's just how far that well, they put it. They gone. put it on DS, the recoded. So you're fine with that one. You don't have to get your old Samsung. But it, what if you want to play it in its original form? 
You don't. <laughs> you don't. What if you? What do you have? What if you want to? What if you want to play Rechain of Memories in its original uh, Chain of Memories in its original form? Then you need a GBA. Well, you're gonna have a tough time getting it. <laughs> uh, so we'll move on to the uh, Nindies highlights. Uh, what do you, What do you think of this? Just that sort of uh, yeah. value. Just you, you weren't too fussed about any of the games that got uh, announced or shown. Like the look of Levelhead, I guess, mm-hmm. because I like community-driven games, but. Yeah, other than that, it, di- it didn't didn't like catch my eye like I think it was the previous one. And and the highlights reel they ha- they had at the end, they're just like, oh, here's here's a selection of upcoming great upcoming indie titles coming for the Switch. And there was shit in there that's already on the Switch. Well, that, no, they said they said it was just titles that great indie titles on the Switch already. That's why they were showing Hollow Knight and uh, all that type of stuff. Yeah, well, yeah. I mean, it's just like. Well, to be fair, like for the, for the event, they didn't hype it up at all. Like, there's no reason we should have gone into this going, "Oh my god, they're going to show a million indie games, and they're all going to be top quality, ten, like ten out of ten Celeste games." Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so they announced a uh, cross code uh, in moist, uh, moist in most, <laughs> in most. Uh, Forger, uh, Goat Simulator, the Goaty, uh, when sk- ski lifts go wrong, unruly, uh, un- unruly heroes. Um, I'm gonna pick up Goat Simulator now. You're gonna get it. Uh, well, I already got it on PC, but it comes with all the DLC and everything. But Goat Simulator's funny. It is funny, yeah. I didn't really like. I never really paid much attention to all the DLC and everything that come out since the initial game. Because when the game came out, like it was funny. Because like, oh, did you hear? There's an achievement on Steam for the game when it crashes. It's like, wow, that's really funny. <laughs> But, like, since it came out and it's got, like, the Space DLC, the uh, MMO DLC, like, it's it's quite elaborate. It's quite it, funny. It's very evolved now. Yeah. I, mean, I haven't played any of it, but mm. I kind of want to now because Goat Simulator is just a romp. So, they started off the uh, highlights with Wargroove. You being a big Fire Emblem uh, fan now, mm-hmm. did this sort of say anything to you? Not really. Not really? I'm already playing a tactics game. I don't need another one. Yeah. I was, I was going to say that, like, you got that much Fire Emblem to sort of get into yeah yeah, yeah I, got, I got a lot of them and yeah. like i said like i said when i was talking about it i'm not a big i'm not a big strategy rpg person yeah like I, I don't i don't typically like the strategy i, I don't really i don't really like strategy element games fire Emblem's kind of the first one where sort I've of just gone. like nintendo's ip sort of drew you into it from knowing them from smash brothers and well not even just that but like the systems in Fire Emblem, like the support conversations and stuff like that, and teaming up and the weapon triangle and all that yeah. sort of thing. That's you know that that to me is the interesting part about Fire Emblem is that they put a big emphasis on personalities, mm-hmm. which makes me invested in characters, which makes me want to play the game. Mm. So fair enough. I'm the I'm the same way of Wargroove. It looks really good. I would play it, but I know I know I want to play Awakening. I know I want to um probably I'll probably stick with just Awakening. Then by the time that rolls around, I probably it will be like Fire Emblem Three Houses. Yeah, I'm, I'm the same as you. I don't. I'm not like really into this grid based sort of combat. No. Yeah. yeah. I feel like a lot of people are really excited for this because it um, harkens back to more advanced wars, which yeah, it, yeah which intelligent systems isn't really focusing on anymore. It's all it's all fire emblems since fire emblems. Well, intelligent systems let advanced wars die. There's, it's not coming back. There's a yeah. reason it was called advanced wars, and it's because it was on the GBA. Mm. It's not coming back. <laughs> yeah, I would like to see it come back because I'd, I'd like to see. It give um, it- I don't think it will. Mm. The thing is, is a lot of people, a lot of people that did play it remember it as like a very a very enjoyable title for them but i honestly think it's a very niche title much like fire emblem is but fire emblem has much more of a basis Hmm. to stand on fire emblem had the uh the sort of the luck of being in smash brothers not the luck but you know the the benefit of being in smash Bros. you're a bit more exposed to um the nintendo audience rather than just uh yeah the niche yeah yeah but i mean it's it's also like I don't know it's history is weird because Fire Emblem, Fire Emblem was like Japan only for seven whole fucking games before it went anywhere else. So yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, I think this is a game I'm curious about is SteamWorld uh, Quest. I really like SteamWorld Dig One and Two, and sort of the, the, the going into a new genre with like sort of card based, turn based combat. Yeah, SteamWorld Heist was really cool. Sort of uh, that was. Uh, turn-based as well a bit different you're sort of like moving around the battlefield and sort of aiming your guns and everything yourself and taking your turns that way this is like collecting cards and doing it that way 
fighting monsters. I thought I'm keen to give it a go. I'm not a big sort of card game guy. Kind of like Slay the Spire. Mm, I think so. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So I I don't really have a heap to say about it, but these games I'm keen to give them a go for the most part. Yeah. I've never really played any of the Steam World titles, to be honest with you. Mm. So I don't know. It'd probably go over my head, but yeah. Yeah, they're all, they're all just like fun games. There was, yep. a, there was another game which isn't actually on this list, which I've got on my phone. I'll just bring it up. But it's a um, it's a it's a rhythm game. I forgot what it was called. <laughs> well, if it's not on your phone, it's not on the list. No, it's not. It's on my phone. It's a uh, uh, double kick heroes. Oh, okay. Yeah. So that 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 appealed to me because it's sort of like metal music and it's uh you're you just a rhythm game guy. Yeah, I love rhythm games. As, yeah. as soon as like the music started, they said it's a rhythm game. I'm like, yes, <laughs> I'm keen for that. So it's got like original songs and also uh, songs from uh, like uh, licensed songs. Yep. So that sounds. I don't really know the gameplay. I was sort of watching it. Like they're in cars and you sort of seen them go ahead. And they, then at the end, like, well, you have motion controls as well. I'm like, I don't know what that means necessarily. I don't know if you're playing the drums or what. But I know from Taiko Drum Master. The motion controls are fun, but if you want to play on hard or anything else, just don't bother. Yeah, <laughs> because like I was, I'm really, I was really excited for Taiko Drum Master, but the drums never come to Australia, even though they said they were importing them. No, they're out of stock, or they're either like two hundred dollars. <laughs> yeah. Well. So I never actually ended. I, I really, I will pick it up if I can get a drum, but if not, not I won't, for that price. I won't bother. Just yeah. because, like the motion controls, I was playing the demo. They're fun. I was playing normal. I was going doom doom, like you know, having fun, wave my arms about, and I was going okay. I was getting ninety so. I think I actually got a hundred um, on one song, but it's just it's kind of luck depending on where you are in front of the system. Because well, the way the way Taiko Drum Master works is that you either have to hit the sides or you have to hit the yeah. center. Yeah, so yes. How the, like how do you how do you properly simulate hitting the sides of a drum with the with the Joy-Con accurately? It yeah. doesn't it doesn't really work. So so what they want you to do is so. The uh, hitting the drum is straight down, right? Whereas hitting the side is sort of moving to the side. Yeah, which, so yeah, so it doesn't pick that up all the time. No, yeah, yeah. So it's fun, but it, yeah. So I'm just with this game here, Double Kick Heroes. I hope it's, uh, I hope you've got options. Yeah. But to be fair, Taiko Drum Master does have the option as well. But it has two options: hitting the drum and hitting it on the side. And so that's A and B. Not yep. much fun. No, with buttons, it's it's all about hitting that drum. Yep. So, yeah, it's a bit, bit of a shame. Bit of a shame. I, w- I wish they did bring it here. All right, Bryce, let's move on to the uh, the the biggie of the week. Biggie of the week. Ba 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 ba. Metroid Prime Four has a. Uh, it's de- gone. I, dun, 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 dun. I was going to say delayed, but it hasn't really been delayed. It's sort of just. It's gone because we never had a release date. Crab yet. brave. <laughs> Yeah, so how how did you react to hearing this news? I sort of I, I was up at the time and it just came on my Twitter. I'm like, "Oh." Like, uh it um it's disappointing that they didn't just give it to Retro. Here's the thing, here's the thing about that video and this is something that, you know, is actually pretty surprising considering uh considering how the community reacts to this sort of thing usually. But in the development video, the development update video, the current president of Nintendo I believe it was. No, no. It was uh, it was the director of the Prime Games. Was it? Yeah. Okay, well, there you go. I didn't... Yeah, I, I, can't, I can't remember for shit. Came out and he said... Shinya okay. Takahashi. There you go. He was like, okay, this is the deal. We're sorry, but we're scrapping it. We're starting from scratch. It's being handed to Retro. And Retro are going to make it from the ground up. So it's going home. It's going to the place it should have been to begin with. Retro are going to work on it, push out Prime 4. It's going to take a lot longer than we thought to get Metroid, which sucks. Mm. <laughs> sucks. I was really hoping for it this year or next year, but I'm going to say it's probably 2021. So it it sucks, but when he came out and he talked about it, he seemed very sincere and apologetic, like he was doing this massive awful wrong and stuff like that. <laughs> Just him. <laughs> well, yeah, you know the decision. He, he was like, "Oh, people aren't going to be happy about this." So he come out. And he's just like, "I am incredibly sorry, but this is the way it is. We don't think we don't think we're going to pull this off." So we're handing it to the original studio, who knows how to make a good <laughs> a good Metroid. Yeah, and they're starting from scratch. 
So it was sort of just like he come out and he apologized. He made it seem like he 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 was really inconveniencing people and stuff like that. And a lot of people were just like, "No, that's fine." Mm. you know give it to the original studio and let it go we don't blame you it's okay it was maybe too big of a task for you to handle yeah. I was really happy with the response of people I only saw one person on someone's thread who was talking about it saying oh god damn it and I just replied to him like uh, it's better it's better waiting for a good game than it is just getting a shit game quicker oh yeah yeah. Like, you, like, you don't want Metroid Prime 4 to be shit <laughs> yeah I don't think Nintendo could afford for it to come out it's just like you know Getting, Garbage. S- getting sixes out of tens or whatever. No. Could you imagine? No. Yeah. Like fans have been waiting for this game for 10 plus years now. Yep. And by the time it comes out, it will be, you know, it'll be a, a long wait. Oh, yeah. And to, like, it, sh- it should be a long wait too. Like for Metroid Prime 4 after the trilogy, you know, you don't want, it would have been a shame to have four like G- only a few years after. You, t- you talk about it like this, but then you question why C- Kingdom Hearts is going to be one of the most important games this year this is for the same reason you know we've all been waiting for that title for over a decade and it's the same yeah. thing with Metro Prime you want to ho- fucking hope that it's good yeah you know and it's going to cause conversation <laughs> about that company and their ethics and sort of stuff like that so I'm glad that Nintendo turned around and were like the team turned around and were like okay we got to give it to Retro you know just thinking of it from that perspective like if Metro come out this year it would also be in that same tier as Kingdom Hearts being like it is one of the most important games this year because it's been a very fucking long time. People have been waiting for it. It would have to be good. Mm, people have been just eating up every little bit of information for years and years and now it's not here. Yeah. If so many killer games uh, didn't come out the year that Final Fantasy fifteen did, I think it was that year or was it the year after those games came out? Uh, what, did it come out 15 or 16? 15. <laughs> 15, yeah. Yep. I think it was the year before, just... I can't remember what came out in 2015 now. Yeah, yeah, I actually don't think there was that much. It was end of 2015 that Final Fantasy 15 came out. Yeah. But it was like, um, that game was stupid important because that game's been in development for 12 years and it's been scrapped and redone and scrapped and redone. And it was one of the most talked about games that year because people were not happy with it. So it's sort of just like, you know, that's Kingdom Hearts this year. That's going to be Metroid Prime in 2021 or whenever the hell it's going to come out. Very important. It's going to be, you know, mm. yeah. So, so you you're happy with how Nintendo sort of handled it with their transparency and uh, how they yeah they, the audience yeah yeah. It's good that they put up the development video, talked about it, and gave us a straight answer saying, you know, this is the way we're going to do it. Not everything would have gone to waste. They still would have had assets and stuff like that that they could carry over to the new project and like mm. what they want to do with it it's just they are not wrong in, in saying that it needs to be handled by you know a, a team that knows 100% what they do going on mm. and I, I think it was last night you were talking about it yeah it would have had to been because it's the only time we've seen each other in the last week you mentioned that um, like multiple multiple companies are going to have their hands in it and all that yeah I was sort about of thing. Yeah, there's a, uh, a quote from Imran from Game Informer. Yep. This is a tweet he made. He said, Hearing the big problem with Metro Prime 4 development was Nintendo's experimental ad hoc development process. It was being made in parts in different countries. Some studios were trucking along saying it was going smoothly while others were saying it was on fire elsewhere. Uh, internal thinking was it needs to be under one roof uh, to right the ship. Interestingly, yeah. Retro made the pitch for their involvement and put together a demo that Nintendo liked. So, what this says what this says to me is just I'm sort of like a bit, a bit baffled why Nintendo would sort of uh, have that approach to development. It doesn't seem very Nintendo to sort of have it like really spread out across like different no, studios. It's very strange, but I think mm. I think um, because like last year we did an episode on uh, that Namco Bandai was making like that rumors came out that Namco Bandai was making a uh, Metroid Prime Four because of job listings. Right, yeah. and obviously, like Namco Bandai had a bit in it, Nintendo had a bit in it. Like, if it's spread out that much, it seems it seems fairly ridiculous. Yeah, yeah, it wasn't going to work. Yeah, because because we know how we know how games sort of split up into different um, development studios sort of works out. Because like Doom, how Doom's a fantastic game, but the uh, multiplayer sections, you know, tr- like rubbish. Yeah, and you saw that with a lot of games last generation, how uh, the multiplayer was handled by a different studio. Like the like Tomb Raider, 
you saw how that sort of ran on oh, that was on your PlayStation. It like was it, so sad. Like it was that. It was so janky and awful. And having having like a story based game sort of put together like that. Yeah, yeah, a bit questioning. But what it also says to me is not not only did they say they didn't just go, "Hey, retro, you've made it before. You have it again." No, it's it's different people. It's a different uh, environment there now. Mm-hmm. But they've they've still proved to Nintendo with a demo they've made that they are capable of making this game yeah there, there is still somebody made a tweet and i was reading it last night i think it was where it said like here is here is a list of the people that are from old retro still working at retro that'll be working on prime 4 and it said like the original director and stuff like that and so that's really good like it, it means that the game's going to go on the same yeah you, you still got takahashi uh developing it same yeah mm. fashion so it's just kind of just like oh no i mean a retro like in general yeah like there is people from the old Metro Prime team still there and working on it so obviously they pumped out something and Nintendo are like yeah that's kind of what it needs to be mm. there was a um, there's a, a tweet also from ex-retro developer uh, Eric uh, his last name bear with me Kozlowski let me Kozlowski Kozlowski fucking Lowski <laughs> uh he says, unless Retro has grown to a two studio, a two game studio since I left, I guess this means the game I was working on when I left in August 2015 isn't happening anymore. I honestly have no clue. Excited for everyone there though. I know they'll do an amazing job. So they haven't they haven't uh, released a game since Donkey Kong Country Tropical Freeze back in mm-hmm. 2015. So obviously they were working on something and we're like we were already anticipating it. Mm. Like what is Retro working on? So I guess. And there were the rumors back last E3 that they're working on the Star Fox Racing game. Mm-hmm. So I, I think there are enough rumors for that game that that game in some form did exist. They were working on some Star Fox Racing yeah. hybrid. I think if we don't see that Star Fox or a, a project from Retro sort of around this year, that that game was the one that got cut that got cut and now you know they're they're focusing on on a prime whether they're going straight to prime like all right we're we're all cylinders going for metroid prime 4 or they're going to uh like just have like split up a little bit and sort of finish off this game and start on prime or it's interesting sort of to to find out what they're up to i think they'd probably be full force on metroid now Mm. obviously because they had one they obviously had one project since 2015 They've been working on it. Must have been Star Fox. Obviously not happening anymore. Yeah. Otherwise, we would have heard something about Retro by now. And maybe maybe they weren't working on the game. Maybe they were just doing similar things to uh, Mario Kart 7 and 8, how they were helping out with tracks and that. Yeah. Maybe they were just sort of like a secondary company to a development studios throughout Nintendo for these years. Like, we have no idea of knowing until sort of the game no. gets announced. Yeah. yeah. Yep. No, it's all waiting game. It is... It is a... Uh, like, were you expecting Metroid Prime 4 this year? I was sort of up in the air, like it could be, it couldn't be. It sort of depends on how much of the game... I assume they had a bit of the game made when they announced it. Yeah. Then the next year I was expecting to see... I was expecting to see something this year. Yeah, I was expecting to see, like, screens. And we might still. We might see... I mean, what are we going to see? They're only starting... They're pretty. They're starting again. Well, yeah, they are, but that's the thing is like they're already apologetic about the thing. They, we might have a dev update video or something like that from the guys at Retro showing off like a little bit of the development, or you know they might they might produce a trailer or something like that. Mm, they and might give yeah. us a time window of when it's going to come out instead of just the teaser. Or mm. you know, they might though, but they've got to be careful of. <laughs> doing something similar to EA about 2015 where the whole conference was just like hey we're making games this is us in the thing making games it's like alright what are you what are you bringing out games games <laughs> then like I remember they were showing off the Criterion game how they're doing a uh, sort of an action sports game where you hang gliding and driving cars and that mm-hmm. and you saw like sort of the the development of that and they were talking about it and literally haven't heard about it since that was like 3-4 years ago <laughs> so they've just got to be careful of that. I think that I think they're just going to hunker down I, and stay quiet. I think I think now. it is very clear that they will be making Metroid Prime Four. I don't think we're going to get the EA <laughs> thing with them. I think it is one hundred percent. They're not going to scrap the second lot of Metroid Prime Four and start. No, again no, from no. This. I don't think. 
No, I don't think they're going to do that. No. I'm, so I'm, I'm, I'm just saying, I think they should be quiet now. They've said, we're starting again. I don't, don't expect it soon. I don't think it will go without them having at least something like that come out as an apology tactic to say we know you've been waiting we are sorry here's what's happening and doing a little bit of you know a a sort of dev video or some kind of something like that maybe not now maybe in six months time maybe in a year's time but i think there'll be something because we've already been waiting yeah i I was just talking about specifically say e3 so like june this year we might we might see something at e3 i don't know who knows? Well, it's E3 still, you know. Hopefully, they have some games to show. Then, <laughs> you know, we'll see, we'll see Animal Crossing Luigi's he, Mansion. Here's the other thing: is that they've announced this now. Who's to say that it hasn't been like this for the past three months, and they've already been working on it? You know, mm, that's right. There's nothing to say. There's nothing to say. We don't know how long Retro has been working on it. They could have been doing it for the last three months. By the time E3 comes around, it'd be nearly a year. You know, so. We'll see. Like, they might have already put a fair hunk of development into it and they just weren't going to say... Well, maybe Nintendo weren't going to say anything and they were just going to let it slide. And then they were just like, no, we should probably put it out because people keep clamoring on about Metroid Prime 4. Yeah. So, I mean... You you don't know. You just don't know. All all of this is is good to see. Like, only a couple of weeks ago, like, it come out that EA has scrapped yet another Star Wars game. Yeah, <laughs> and how they approach it was just like, oh no, nah, she's like, she's right. It only, it only sort of was rumors and got leaked. They didn't actually say anything. Then, once all the scubaloo on the internet happened, they sort of said something like, oh yeah, no, nah, we're going to reuse the assets and it should be good. <laughs> but like seeing Nintendo, <laughs> seeing Nintendo come out like this was like, it, it's it's good to see. Like, I think that they're an evolving company who are sort of yeah, they scrap a Star Wars game every second year. <laughs> Oh. <laughs> that poor franchise. <laughs> Star Wars, not the biggest franchise in the world. And it's like held hostage. <laughs> yeah. Just <laughs> can't get over can't get get over how EA handles Star Wars. Like I, I don't know why they have an exclusive exclusive rights to it in the first place. because oh, that's what happens. You sell the rights to the video games and mm. But like how how Disney are handling the the Marvel franchise at the moment? How you know they're going around to different developers? So like Insomniac and sort of Sony has Spider Man for like one one or two, I assume as many games as one, I don't know. And Nintendo is getting Marvel Ultimate Alliance, and they're sort of like jumping around different developers, yeah, getting different genres, different takes. Where with EA, only it's Dice who pumped out two games, and they were both mm. equally panned. <laughs> yeah, and EA will never see a Star Wars game on Switch, like to any extent. No, because no, EA doesn't give a shit about Switch. Mm. They only care about the money. Mm. <laughs> like, there's nothing wrong caring about money, but make some good games in the process. And put them good. on Switch, and then it'll work. <laughs> you know, don't just make your Star Wars games filled with loot boxes that require $400 to unlock your Darth Vader. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's, that's a bit rough, on up. No, their methods. Their methods. I hate EA. I hate them so much. <laughs> I hate them. Uh, I don't hate them. I just, I just shake my head. <laughs> they used to be okay. They were okay in the days when they put out games like Bad Company Two. That wasn't really that long ago. Yeah, it was maybe a decade ago. But nowadays they're awful. <laughs> they can't even sell copies of Battlefield Five. Yeah, that game is suffering. It's dying. It's going to the wolves. <laughs> I never heard anything about it. I didn't even know it was released until like three weeks after yeah. it came out. Yeah. Their game is dying. EA EA are failing as a company slowly, slowly but surely. Mm. Soon enough, people will get sick of their big hitters like FIFA and all that. Yeah, like it's, it's only it's only their sports sort of segment that's keeping them afloat. Really, well, not not afloat. Like they're not going to go bankrupt or anything, but just in the eye of the gamer, like the public. Hopefully, um, hopefully Anthem turns out to be alright. But actually, I wonder if EA is going to take the ex-producer of Battlefield Five to court. Because he's 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 still going off, is he? Oh, he he's gone. No, he's gone. He's, but he, he's 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 most the reason why people didn't <laughs> buy the game. Yeah. Oh, I meant like going off, as in like he's still like ranting on Twitter and. Oh no, I don't think he can legally. Actually, it's it's not just that as well, but it was also the Battlefront Two debacle. <laughs> 
which just I remember I remember listening and reading about that shit like when I was still playing PUBG even and just like I'd have like a video on in the background and just listening to it and just God that company hmm. how can you give Star Wars like a franchise like Star Wars to such a money hungry company like that because they have the money to pay you for the franchise that's why and it's going nowhere it's going nowhere it's putting more bad more bad words on the Star Wars name mm. kind of like Solo Solo sort of did as well I enjoyed Solo I, I know I, I know I know a lot of people did I haven't watched it but um, it is the worst ranking Star Wars film of all time so that, yeah, yeah yeah I know that, that says something you yeah. know so no I wanted to see or, or the most or Han even Solo. the most recent Star Wars film yeah. You know, that that also was very, very controversial in... It's like that quote from Mark Hamill when he was on the red carpet. Mm. Give so, the people what they want. Kill Luke. <laughs> <laughs> Is that your Mark Hamill impression? Yeah, it's, it's, it's something. <laughs> it's something. I, re- I respect Mark Hamill. I, I, I just can't do an impression of Mark Hamill. So, there you go. Okay. Uh, I think we've gone off topic enough. Is that the end of the show, Bros? Uh, probably should be because you've got to go to Adelaide. I do. Yep. So, mm. and uh, so, Bros, it's going to be your last episode for a few weeks. Yes. So, yes, he says. Yes. He's happy about it. Yes. <laughs> no, I'm not. <laughs> I'll I'll I'll, uh, I'll miss the show for a couple of weeks. It is. As of the recording of this episode, I think it's the 27th of it January. It is the 27th, yes. It's indeed the 27th of January. So, not next week, but the week after. It is the week of the due date of my my son. So, while he might not be here that week, there will be a couple of weeks in between where I'll be on Danger Zone 24-7. Like, alert, alert, red alert. Beep, 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 beep. Um, we're technically already in there now, uh, as anybody who's, you know had children probably knows it's within two weeks either side is the real yeah is the real danger zone yeah um so i could be i could be rushing her up to hospital at any time and having the kid and stuff like that so i'm giving myself a gracing period for a little bit um from podcasting from this podcast specifically three four weeks so drew will have guests on during that time this just allows me to be prepared and then when my son comes spend a couple weeks you know raising the child (laughs) doing the fatherly thing uh and then i will be back on this podcast i I was on the first episode of some some assembly required i kind of nudged myself in there because i'm not going to be available until episode four or five at this point so episode one two and three of that uh having completely separate guests to the first episode so Mm -hmm. Yeah, because we've got a whole bunch of people within the group. So, I probably won't be back till, to SAR until April or May, I think. I think it is. Yeah. But I will be back at the House of Mario in about three or four weeks, depending on what happens within the next three or four weeks. Um, If we have issues or whatever or, you know, sort of thing. Because the only thing I'll be doing at that point is going to work, going home, looking after the kid and... You know, just making sure my partner's okay and make sure that she's healthy, staying healthy. Last time we were in hospital and we were having our daughter, um, there was slight health complications with my partner, completely unrelated to the per- uh, to the pregnancy. But nevertheless, she is more likely to have stuff again at the moment because uh, she's got some issues with her her tooth, which is causing issues with the whole like right side of her face sort of thing you know ears ears sore and all that bullshit like it's just nerve nerves mm. being good, good fun around yeah yeah so she might have to have that tooth ripped out and all that like it yeah <laughs> we're, we're just we're oh, just going God. into digger 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 deeper hole here so long story short <laughs> please <laughs> three or four weeks i'll be gone so i hope you guys enjoy the guests that drew has planned for you at that point or whether he just decides he can't do the show without me and shuts it down <laughs> No, it won't be shutting down. Next <laughs> next week will be Eric Zutch from Nintendo by Numbers. So that'll be a fun show. Eric. And we're finally at the end of the House of Mario episode 79. Thank you guys for listening. You can find the show on podcast services, Twitter. Uh, if you want to support the show, leave us a review on iTunes or your podcast service of choice. 
or if you don't want to do that, just leave it, uh, share us with your friends. It all helps out. Yes. Yes. We are part of the Apic Collective. 10 podcasts, 22 podcasters bringing together to uh, put some cool content in your earlobe drums. Yes, thanks for you. Thank you, sir. Thanks for you. <laughs> thanks for you, sir. <laughs> Fucking, I'm broken. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh. Alright, Nintendo Jukebox this week is Metroid Prime main theme music re- main theme remix on the I need brain surgery. <laughs> it's main theme remix by QU Music. Anyway guys, catch you later. See you in a few weeks.